Hallå och välkommen till en ny episode av Pelkvarteret, en fotbollspodcast med mig, Lars Iversen i samarbete med Betsson. Jag har med mig en ny gäst, jag har med mig en spännande gäst, så därför måste vi ta resten av episoden på engelsk igen. Jag beklagar på de till de lyssnarna som inte syns det är er så kul. Kom igen nästa episode där, men sannsynligtvis är er det bara på norsk. Men vi slår av till engelsk nu, because I have a guest, so we have to do the rest of the thing in English. My guest knows many things. He does not know Norwegian, but I'm not going to hold it against him. He's uh, one of the foremost football uh, writers in, in on the British scene, I think it's fair to say. He's written many books, very good books, I'd say, many columns, most of them very good as well. His name is Jonathan Wilson. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm delighted to have you here. And since this is a podcast for the Norwegian people, for the Norwegian Premier League fans, and I have a uh, a capacity such as yourself here. I have to ask you about our golden boy, Olgen Asosar. I think there's really no way around that. It, it's, it's obviously a massive story in Norway that he's at Man United. It has been ever since he turned up. Glorious success early on, then a slightly less glorious period, and now a bit of a mixed bag at the start of this season. Uh, where do you think uh, Ola is in terms of his uh, project of making Man United great again? I mean, I'd really like to be nice about him. Um but uh, yeah, the situation he finds himself in is very, very difficult, and I'm afraid I think there's very little evidence he's the man to to resolve the issues at United. We, you know, we we chat about these things in the press box, and I think there's a unfortunately there's a good case that he and Frank Lampard are the worst two managers in the Premier League. The worst. Well, I mean, I know I know he had the success with Mulder, but you know what he's done in in English football, or, you know, English and Welsh football. There is nothing there to suggest a coach of any substance. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a marvelous irony about what's happened. Yeah, I think appointing him as a caretaker last year, uh, last season, was was the best idea Edward Woods had as CEO of Manchester United. Um, the, the 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 environment was incredibly toxic when Jose Mourinho left. Uh, there was civil war among the fans. There's you know, Mourinho loyalists. There's those who'd seen through him. Um, and so there was a need for a unity candidate, somebody who could you know, reinvoke the good days. And then his terrible mistake was to to win what nine games in a row was it at the start of his reign? And I remember I was on Irish radio, um, I think six or seven games into that, saying they really need him to lose some games soon, or they're going to give him a job. And sure enough, they give him a job. Now the win o- over PSG is the best thing United have done in two or three years. That's not take that away from that was a tactically and emotionally and psychologically that was a great bit of management you know he 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 read the game in Paris incredibly well uh he recognized that PSG were getting on top at the beginning of the second half he he went to a much more defensive formation went to a 5-4-1 um sort of said to PSG right you're not going to get the goals going to give you the cushion and the last 10 minutes, we, Manchester United, do always score late goals because Solskjaer still seems to believe it's 1999 when they did always score late goals. We will score a late goal. And you, PSG, the arch-bottlers of Europe, will bottle it. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. And it was hilarious. And it was good. But yes, since then, it's been a lot of really disappointing, average stuff. I had some sympathy with them towards the end of last season. Um, you know, if you look at look at the stats, United's running stats were pretty poor under Mourinho. He came in trying to play a much higher tempo. I think that's one of the reasons why it worked well to start with, and then fundamentally the players weren't fit enough, and so they got a load of injuries towards the end of the season. I think it's been really notable over the summer how all the focus has been on fitness. You know, 
they they talked about sweating and perspiration constantly over the summer. You know, they were doing double sessions even out in in the humidity of Asia. Um, and, and yeah, fair enough. But then when the season's begun, it's all about counterattacking. Well, that's a bit limited. That's a bit basic. That will get you a win against Frank Lampard's Chelsea. But modern football is about structured attacks. You know, there's this huge disparity of resources in the Premier League. So you have the top six and then maybe two or three others and then the rest. And when you play against the rest, they're just going to sit deep against you. That's what they do. And you have to work out a way of breaking them down. And you know, we, we've seen repeatedly already this season, United have struggled to do that. You wrote a very pertinent piece, I thought, uh, for The Guardian probably in the spring when the results were still coming, but you pointed out, I think very sagely, that at some point he has to become more than like a, a Sir Alex Ferguson tribute band. Like he has to have his own ideas, you have to put his own stamp on it. He's been there long enough that I guess we can expect to see a more of an Olegun Asota style and to know what that is. Have you seen anything so far? No, I really haven't. I mean, it was getting really freakish in the spring. It was, you know, you expected to turn up at Solskjaer's house and find the corpse of Alex Ferguson sitting in a rocking chair, right? You know, directing him to go and kill women in the shower. Um, and like, thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. But you know, Ferguson isn't dead yet, so like, you know, that, that that could yet come. But yeah, I mean, I, <coughs> I, as somebody who attends a few of his press conferences, was already bored by May of him going on and on and on about. Ah, oh, you know, 1999, we'll take them back to the cliff. You know, we'll do everything Ferguson used to do. If you're a player, you know, okay, maybe someone like Marcus Rashford who's grown up in Manchester and, and sort of gets United, maybe he sort of still gets some buzz out of that. If you're Anthony Martial or, you know, uh, Fredji or, you know, um, yeah, anybody who's not from Manchester, you also think, what's this guy banging on about this for? This is 20 years ago. And what it reminds me of is um, after Valery Lobanovsky died, and Dinamo Kiev kept on appointing people who play for Lobanovsky, and they kept on saying, well, we've got to do what Lobanovsky did. Yeah, it was 20 years ago, and you're not Lobanovsky. You know, Ferguson's golden age ended sort of around about 2009, 2010. I know they won the league after that, but the 2013 title was a little bit freakish. He'd lost his golden touch in the transfer market by then. Uh, you, you can't try and second guess what a man might have done 10 years ago, particularly somebody like Ferguson or like Lobanovsky, whose genius was they kept on changing. They, they saw how the environment changed, they saw how football changed, and they adapted to it. You can't try and find an old template and drop it on, on modern circumstances. So try, trying to see an upside to it here, trying to be a little bit devil's advocate. Um, you did mention that he's in at the club under difficult circumstances. They've had a clear-out this summer, which was, uh, to an extent, certainly, and a clear-out that probably had to happen. There were players there who were maybe not there for the right reasons or certainly weren't good enough. It has left the squad a little bit short, but you have a lot of young and younger players and up-and-coming players who could develop into something. I mean, it could be argued that this is the kind of painful transitional season that United had to have at some point and that maybe he should be awarded patience accordingly? I mean, yes, it's a painful transitional season. The sixth, in a, hang on, sixth or seventh in a row, sixth in a row that United have had. Um, you know, there's a lot of problems at the club. The Glazers have not run the club well. You, know, you go to Old Trafford, it's a slightly shabby stadium now. It, it's not like when you go to the Etihad, which is, I guess in Manchester is the obvious contrast. It doesn't feel like you're going to a modern football stadium. You know, it's telling that there's only two grounds in the Premier League where the, all the messages about VAR have to be delivered by a disembodied female voice rather than on a screen, which at Old Trafford and Anfield, because the stadium's too old to have a screen. Um, 
and I think a similar neglect has been there th- throughout the club. You know, they haven't modernised the scouting, they haven't modernised recruitment, they haven't modernised training, they haven't mod- modified youth development. The you know the the Wi-Fi in the press facilities. Is is terrible as Paul Pogba found his cost last year. The food in the press release, which is actually the most important thing, is awful. Um, but all these things are sort of indicative of a lack of a lack of progress, a lack of understanding of how football is developing. And I think you know, you see that in the signings, you see that in the appointments of managers, that they try and go for finished product. They don't look for the person on their way up, and that unfortunately means you get people on the way down and people who are overpriced. Uh, you know, Louis Van Gaal. A great manager in his day, but by the time he arrived at United, was well past his best. Mourinho was past his best. David Moyes, past the best that wasn't that great anyway. Um, so there's, there's a problem of vision and leadership. So you, what you need at United fundamentally is a is a visionary director of football. Quite why they haven't offered Edwin Van der Sar that job when he's been brilliant doing it at Ajax, I don't know. Um, but he would seem an obvious appointment. So yeah, whoever the coach was, it's a really difficult set of circumstances. Um, you've got the Pogba situation. The Pogba appears not to want to be there, but he's sort of been stranded. You're one of these, and you know, it's, a, it's an increasingly common phenomenon. You see with Neymar, you see it with um, Alexis Sanchez to an extent, or you found an escape with a with a loan move. Uh, you see it with Mesut Özil. These players on huge contracts who you know, have, have run out of time at their club but no other club wants them, so they get stuck there. So that's a huge issue. And Ed Woodward, as a CEO, is is very reactive to what the press tell him to do. Oh, Solskjaer's won a few games. The press want me to appoint him. I'll appoint him. Yeah, I mean, terrible idea. Um, and yeah, I think he, he realised there were a lot of peop- people in the press saying, hang on, you just keep signing these finished products, you're overpaying. They need to get people on the way up. So they, this summer they go out and they sign a load of players on the way up, which is great. But those players are then themselves going into a squad that's not really, re- you know, that's not helpful to them. It's not, you know, you need a couple of mature players who are pulling in the right direction before you start introducing youth. So you've seen Daniel James had as as good a start as you could conceivably have at a club, but it feels like he's sort of, uh, you know, it, it feels like the squad isn't quite ready for him. It feels like he's a bit part on the edge of the squad. Um, Harry Maguire, I guess, is is the sort of player they should be signing. You have a, clearly a very good player. Whether he's eighty million good or not is another question. But a, a player who's near his peak and obviously Leicester to Manchester United is a step up. So that's a sort of a, a proper United style signing. But the problem is the squad has had such neglect for so long that it's going to take a long time to put that right. And asking kids to do that, although that has to be part of the solution, to make it all a solution, I think places far too high a burden on them. But I guess if you're a United fan and you're looking for silver linings to the situation of the season, what you can tell yourself is that the signings that were made over the summer are looking good so far in, in different ways. You have young players who potentially could get better and maybe this season is just something you have to go through. But the question is, can it's hard to see United finishing top four this season the way they're going and can Saltair survive if they don't? Um, I mean, yes, all of that's true. The one thing, you, the other thing you'd say in their favour is none of the teams from third to sixth look very good at all. So Tottenham have had a ropey old start. I, th- I suspect they will get better. Chelsea have been deeply unimpressive, and I don't think Frank Lampard's much of a manager, and he will be given a lot of rope to hang himself with. Um, and Arsenal have looked very hit and miss. Uh, the, the, the threat is actually, I think, Leicester. He's looked excellent so far. Uh, Wolves 
I, I thought I had the potential to challenge, but I've had a difficult start of the season, so maybe not. Um, Everton again potentially could could challenge from below, but though, you know, so United's peer group is also not looking good. So it's possible they could take third or fourth. It, it is possible. Um, I just don't have any faith that they have the right uh, directors there or the Solskjaer has the right man to, 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 to take that forward. We're trying to... What, what could Solskjaer do with this group of players? Like, how should he set them up? What, what can you do with the group that you've ended up with at the end of the window? Well, I, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult to answer that without focusing on what appears to be the one obvious failing, which is uh, this... And I think the, what separates the great managers from the quite good managers in modern football is the ability to construct attacks. And I think that's really difficult to do. Um, and Guardiola is clearly brilliant. Klopp is clearly brilliant in, in a very different way. Uh, but if you talk to coaches now, you know, that's what they all say. It's all about um, managing transitions, whether from defence to attack or attack to defence. And it's about structuring that in a way that you're coming from unexpected angles while still you know, leaving cover. So that first game United had this season against Chelsea, it was a very old-fashioned game of football. You know, Chelsea were incredibly open and United were incredibly effective at at you know, going through those spaces but those spaces aren't there most of the time and when United come up against Liverpool and Manchester City they're going to find teams who are very compact and are also very good at attacking or even Crystal Palace at home turned out to be a problem I mean because there is this thing about pace we need pace on the wings and on the brakes and stuff but there are games where that won't actually help you that much yeah, and, and that, that again is, is I think it's a very old-fashioned approach. You know, United's golden age in the 90s, you know, if you think back when they won the league in 1993, uh, you know, the key game was away at Norwich when they ripped Norwich apart on the break, scored three times in the first 20 minutes or so. And I, you sort of feel that that's sort of the... Although Ferguson was very flexible and very adaptable, and certainly when Carlos Keras came in, they, they very much changed style sort of 15 years later, or yeah, 12 to 15 years later. Um... But that game sort of feels like uh, Ferguson, and that still sort of feels what, what Solskjaer's aiming towards. But that's going backwards a long time. It's going back 25 years, uh, and that's what worries me. That I don't, I haven't seen any evidence that that his he can construct an attack. And I think it's a problem for players like him and like Lampard of that generation that they didn't learn it as players, but nor they had the in-depth coaching education that lesser players would have had that would enable them to do it. It feels like they're just missing a chunk of their education. Now, they probably know that. I mean, if I know it, they must know it. How you do it is something, I think, much more complicated. It's very easy to say what it is, but actually putting it into practice is very, very hard. And that's why very few managers can do it. That is immaculately timed, Jonathan. The clock has gone. We've been 15 minutes. We're not allowed to do more than 15 minutes. That is the, the concept here on this pod. Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan Wilson. That was interesting, if slightly depressive, depressing from a Norwegian perspective. Obviously, all United fans out there hope you're wrong about everything. But, you know, time will tell. <laughs>